Hey, hey, everybody. It's Ross James, and you're listening to another episode of Songs That Save Me. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, I've got Anders Osborne on the program. I have looked up to Anders since we first crossed paths at Terrapin Crossroads, what seems like a million years ago. I looked up to him, uh, you know, as a musician, as a songwriter, as a guitar player, but most of all, as a human being. He has been through so much in his life and is just so full of positivity and so conscious about being in the present and talks about acceptance and forgiveness. And it's it's just a, a beautiful dude. And feel really lucky to to have gotten to know him have gotten to make music with him and very excited for this discussion i think you're going to enjoy it just a heads up there was a little bit of zoom digital audio glitch going on that i did not notice when we were recording it and there i went through i did as much as i could with it so uh accept my apologies here it's not unbearable at all just want to give you a heads up there's nothing wrong with your device It's on my end, and I apologize, and I'm working so that this sort of thing never happens again. But all that aside, this discussion is great. He plays a song for us at the end that's totally beautiful, and I think you're going to dig it. If you're liking what you're hearing, please go on to Instagram and give us a follow at Songs That Saved Me. And then if you want to hear the original versions of any of the songs that we talk about on the show with any of our guests... You can go on to our Instagram page, even if you don't have Instagram. You can go to Instagram.com slash songs that saved me. Click the link in our bio, and it will take you straight to a, a list of different links. And one of those will be our Spotify playlist, where you can hear every one of these tunes in its original form, the songs that inspired all of our guests. So without further ado, check it out. Me and Anders Osborne. Can you hear this microphone? I sure can. I actually have two on. I don't know if I need that, but that's what this thing is doing. Sweet. All right. So you don't need the camera, you're saying? No, don't worry about the camera. I'm All I'm right. always, in, I, I live in my bathrobe nowadays anyway, so I don't need any camera stuff. Dude, I dressed <laughs> up. I look so good right now. <laughs> I have a tie-dye shirt and linen white oversized pants. It's so Sick. beautiful sick man. yeah it's it's pretty sick a lot of people want to see me right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit so how you doing um what 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 have you been doing to pass the time during this whole thing man uh you know it's yeah i mean <laughs> you start out by kind of looking at the the disaster that you're in and then you kind of go, okay, so I lost the tour. I lost this. I lost that. So you kind of, the first couple of weeks was just, it was a little bit of a reeling yeah. um, uh, scenario. But the one thing I did was I, I just quickly figured out that, okay, let me step back, which is something that pause when agitated comes with uh you know, a lot of the program information and tools I've learned. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just kind of like, I don't know, I check with everybody. Is everybody okay? Is you know, management? How are you guys going to, do you have any plans for making money for yourselves? You lost all your clients. So you just kind of, I don't know. I just did a little ground zero check, making sure, okay, where are we? What's happening? What are we doing? Yeah. Who's going to need some real help, right? And then I looked at my finances and then we said, you know, we should probably get online and do some kind of streaming. I see people are doing it. Sure. And then once we saw that that was fairly popular, we waited two, three weeks and then we, we did our own, me and uh, Phil over at the management company. It's been mm-hmm. super helpful. And uh, I was just, I was completely floored. There were several thousand people live and it was just massively, um cathartic it was just amazing to see everybody and they were talking to each other and they were hanging out so we've done that every other friday yeah. at 6 30 uh central time so i plan for that and we come up with themes and ideas and include you know the fans and then we come up with uh 
I don't know, t-shirts and we come up just things to keep it interesting and stay um, busy with the, the music part. Mm-hmm. And then outside that, I've just painted like crazy. I worked in the yard like crazy. I meditate for two hours a day. Oh, man. I run four plus miles every day. I, I don't know. I just, it's, I'm hashtag living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, there's been moments, it's severe anxiety. I've had a few attacks and I thought I had Corona and, and, uh, you know, deep, deep fear, deep fear, like fear that I didn't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. And I had to go back to childhood. And yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting. Three yeah. months. It's, a, it's yeah. a profound time, man. No doubt about it. And, yeah. you know, I, I love hearing all those positive things you're doing, you know, and, and that's really what I'm hoping everybody can, can do in some capacity, you know, like I, I'm, I'm working really hard to try and stay positive and productive during this, you know, cause it's so easy to slip at a time like this, you know, and I have some friends that are definitely doing that. And, you know, it's, it's really great to talk with people who are trying to channel it and, you know, keep, keep bettering themselves like they are every other day, you know? Yeah. I, I think it's, and the thing that I've been trying to keep in mind is that, this is my opportunity for me. So I've tried my very best to not judge anybody else. I had a few people that got, you know, very fear mongering in the close circle. And I, I found myself being very upset about it. Um, and it got politicized and, and, and it turned into all kinds of things. So I just realized that I've been, as long as I can stay healthy and my family is not affected with, you know, being on respirators, I just really been trying to figure out what are the things that I'm missing to be happier and to be a more service to other people? What can I do better? How can I improve, uh, you know, uh, different aspects of my life, different uh, qualities that I have been lacking. And I don't think that's for everybody. I do a lot of zoom AA meetings. Oh, you are. Yeah. And yeah, and it's been very, very good. And you just get to hear the perspective of people that can't, they can't do that at all. They do not have um, the room, you know, in their lives or in their hearts or whatever it is, their spirit is not in that place. So you have to support that as well. I think if someone is, you know, several people have relapsed, some people are very hateful, mm-hmm. some people, uh, and these are friends of mine, and some people are fully thinking it's a conspiracy some people are screaming about trump Mm -hmm. like that would matter (laughs) in my life i don't understand why that would be but that's what they're doing and you have to support it i think you have to let everybody respond to something like this in their own way i don't think there's a a way we're supposed to respond because that would be weird if this was something we knew about (laughs) yeah I mean, nothing like this in history, you know? I mean, there have been all these viruses and plagues and stuff, but no, never in a in a time where information flows so quickly and people can, can communicate in the way that they can. You know, I think it's really, really a unique moment that we're all kind of in this thing together, so. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I mean, there's so, there are so many songs that have done so many things for me. Uh, in so many different ways. Now I have, and it's an interesting thing, one of the streams we're gonna do coming up, we're gonna do something related to this very thing. So there's gonna be a whole set of these types awesome. of songs, which I don't play covers very often. I'm terrible at it. And <laughs> I don't, I can't remember other people's chords and verses and their words. And it, it's always been a dilemma I've been so deeply involved in my own writing that there's something in my brain that hasn't practiced to learn other people's songs. It's, it's actually a problem because I get hired <laughs> to play with people sometimes and I go, hi, Jesus, I'm so sorry. What are we doing again? <laughs> and it's, so it's weird. It's really is weird. I have to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, out of all the songs, there are a couple that 
you know, had a specific moment. Like one was, it was a transitional song. Now there were several songs on that record, but I rediscovered uh, 1999. I think it was 1999. Um, oh, they're yapping in the kitchen. <laughs> Should I close the door? Hold tight. I'm gonna close that door. Suspense. <laughs> so I'm back. <laughs> Sorry about that. So basically, there was a transitional thing. The first time I got hit. And I mean, like clubbed on the head with my alcoholism, where it was a realization that, oh shit, I, I'm not like, you know, the average Joe drinking. And when you think about those things, you go, how is that even possible? It's just liquor, or it's just whatever it is you think it is you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. But this was different. Four days waking up, and not remembering a darn thing for four days. And I have a pair of pants, not unlike the ones I'm wearing right now, white linen pants, but these were white, thin, thin karate pants <laughs> that had ripped in the crotch. So the seam that goes from the front middle all the way to the back had ripped completely and I had no underwear. So I had two chaps hanging off a rubber string with my with my wee-wee out <laughs> and my my wife now who had been running with me and you know we had just kind of met that year and she, and i was like what is this outfit she goes ha ha you were wearing that the entire weekend we were riding in cabs and going to bars i'm like what the fuck <laughs> and i don't remember and it's so you thought it was funny and then all of a sudden i go where's my guitar didn't i play a festival like friday or something she goes, and it was Tuesday now. She goes, yeah, I don't know. Did you leave it somewhere? And then there you go. My two guitars, my main guitars, the black one that eventually got stolen, yeah. <laughs> and then a green 62 Strat, and they were gone, and it was just, and it was that first moment of awakening that I knew, yeah, I don't remember my dad spending four days like this. I don't remember my, like, I just, things just, they just came into perspective when I realized this is not what everybody does. Now you party a little bit and you got to remember now I'm in my thirties, like 33 or something. Mm -hmm. And it's okay in college, you have some dumb stuff, you know, you're out all night. But that was the first time and that led me to this. I then went on a white knuckling, I'm, I'm done with drugs and alcohol. I've tried this many times. I know I have a problem. And I started to listen to all my old, you know, the records and the vinyl and shit I grew up with mm -hmm. through my dad and through all that, which was a lot of, it's just a lot of blue note that whole period. Yeah. So Charlie Parker and Coltrane, but the kind of blue record came back, Miles Davis mm -hmm. and the song blue in green, which I think is third or fourth track. I remember right maybe third mm -hmm. and it just the stark melancholy in that song it just it truly spoke my language at the time every day I would paint and stand outside and isolate not very unlike what I've been doing the last three months here mm -hmm. and just play that record there was that and Clifford Brown uh listen to, you know, Blue Daniel or something like uh -huh. that, a bunch of those old, so, and just over and over and over. But that kind of blue record and that song particularly, it just froze me in time and it encapsulated exactly what I felt. Now, I can't play that stuff, but <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's, it's deeply ingrained in my psychic, that song. Yeah. So that's the first song. And I stayed sober for about two years, white knuckling it um and um yeah that the song the record that was with me the whole time was that record like uh was that big for you growing up or you know like had, had it, it was there but it wasn't big right, no right. it wasn't like a remembering a big record it was just oh i remember this record didn't we used to you know it was one of those things uh -huh. so i started playing now 
it leads me to, you know, I'll get to the second song. There's several second songs <laughs> that were really, but the one I have, you want to stay on this for a minute? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm curious, you know, like. Ask me questions, yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. you know, with this tune, you, you heard it a little bit growing up and then it, it stayed in your collection and it stayed close to you and then took on this whole new meaning. Now, when you go back and listen to that Miles record now, do you, do you put it on and feel, you know, does it take you back to that moment? Do you feel, is it a positive feeling? What does it do for you now? Yeah, it's very, very positive. Now, you know, a lot of my meditation the last 11 years and the intensity of when you sort of practice meditation, you go in so many directions. But one of the things I'm doing is um, I'm allowing myself to not be my past anymore, to not have a pre-written script so I can start every day fresh and just straight from, you know, my authentic self. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of going back to an old feeling, if that happens, I try to feel it, but not be absorbed by it. And then I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, but. totally. Um, okay. So what I want to do is I want to learn to be present in what's happening in each moment. So when I listen to it, if I fall back into a memory of a feeling, then there's a risk for me. And this is just me in, in my recovery is that I will then fall into a few other habits. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not saying that I will pick up, but I'm saying there's just ways of behaving. There's pre-written scripts from my past. So if I get into that, it is a deep sense of loneliness. It's a deep isolation that is so beautiful. It's the melancholy is th there are colors in that space that you can't find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. You just can't. The, 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 the textures are so gentle in loneliness. They're so, so subtle and soft. And uh, so when you enter that space or when I enter that space, which this song can do, I have to watch it because it's so alluring. It's so intoxicating. It <laughs> doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. Okay. And, and so there are many songs that will do this to me, but this is one that because of the period it's hopeful because I got clean, but I was, I was struggling to stay clean. I stayed away from everyone and everything, you know, it was, so it was different from once I got a, a program and a recovery and friends that are sober that I could talk to on a daily basis and surround myself with. So this, this was not just joyous. This, this was a period of, I don't know. What's the word? Transformation, man. Yeah. Transformation. But I think also like a, it was a, an extended period of pause. Hmm. I remember I often, you know, feel like not playing music. It, it's a reoccurring feeling mm -hmm. in my life. And I've always wondered why. And I, I feel almost guilt or shame sometimes. And I'm like, why is this something you don't want to do when it's so wonderful? But I think it's because there are aspects of it that are not connected to God. There's very, very, they're competitive and they are mm -hmm. just, they're corporate in, it, in their approach and they destroy the authentic feeling of, of music for me. They're, they're very harmful. Yeah, that pressure kind of from external sources, you mean, when it's just not, it's yeah. not this natural thing that's just happening? Exactly. And it's all calculated and it's pre-planned and it's all based on, you know, fame and recognition and, uh, and things that are, you know, people take ownership of certain things, even their talents, they take ownership of their talent as if that is, you know, 
something to be hailed rather than experience sound waves <laughs> and be together doing it. Yeah. You know, to write something is me grabbing for notes and lyrics and poetry in the huge, vast, vast space where it already lives. I, I'm not creating anything. I'm just, I'm literally looking for where it is so I can put it down. <laughs> so when you start taking ownership in your career, a lot of weird things will happen to your head and your, your soul will be frayed. It'll be frayed like, a, you know, yeah, it's not healthy. Yeah. And it, it's so widespread in the business. Mm -hmm. So back to the song, uh, this song takes me to a place where I think I allowed myself to pause and not play music and only paint. And I actually spent two years listening to other people, mainly jazz and blue note stuff, but a lot of just Middle Eastern stuff and Cuban stuff and world music was big for a, a long period too. But it allowed me to isolate live with loneliness, melancholy, and, and just experience other people's, you know, art, yeah. which when you're touring and playing a lot, I don't, there's no time for that no, whatsoever. There's not, you know? Yeah. And I mean, just as far as, you know, uh, that point you make about taking ownership of any of the, the stuff that we do, I, I, it really resonates with me. I love the way you put it, you know, cause like when I, I feel like, when we play gigs, when, when it's like a good gig or whatever, it, mm. it, it has nothing to do with anything other than the energy of the people coming together and the celebration. And, and, and it's like, you're being, t you're tapped into something, you know, it's like Phil says, yeah. uh, you know, there's this thing sort of coming, coming down through you, you know, and it doesn't have to be a, it, not necessarily a religious thing or whatever, but on those good nights, like, you're getting played, you're not playing. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, you know? very much so. It's, you have to, because it already exists. You know, all of it, is, it's, it's all in there. Now, the ability to transform these things into musical experiences, you know, that comes through us. Sure. We spend, we, we have, uh, most of us on the scene, we're like a, you know, a doctor's degree in, in performing these things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have spent our entire lives. We have a, a deeper education in this than most surgeons. Yeah. And I, I probably catch some flack for that, but it, it really is. This is not a cerebral information of how to play in five or seven. That's just ludicrous stuff. You can do that if that's interesting to you. But the point is to learn the process of what you said tapping in yeah that is a craft that takes a lifetime to get close to you have to constantly learn the waves i mean the ways of the fire you have to be close enough to the fire to be able to feel what's really happening i mean this is really important stuff because we are all sound waves the planets the trees it's all vibrations so you have to respect this thing as a sacred way of expressing. It's, it's a language. It's not just painting. These are vibrations that are really, really, really delicate. And you need to like, I don't know, there's, there is a, an absolute, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There is a purpose to music and it is not to be famous. I can guarantee you that. It is not to be rich. I can guarantee you that. Now these are side notes to function in society, but that's not the world we live in. So we're moving around with, do you have two buses or one bus? Do you have a, a semi or are you in a van? Are you, these are the conversations that go on. It's just business as usual. And we're being run by you know, I'm, I'm getting on a, a soapbox here, but the whole thing is, it's absolutely, you know, we're getting a little lesson in humility right now. Yeah. I mean, do you think that what's going on right now is going to cause a little bit of shift in, 
shift in power, I suppose. Do you think that it's going to bring back a little bit of that grassroots thing that that is is so important to what you're talking about? Just because out of necessity, I mean, you're doing stuff from your living room, like like all of us, and 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 who knows how long this is going to look like it looks right now. But do you think when we go back to whatever is going to be normal again, you think it'll still be as as big of a machine or you think it's going to be a little bit different? Well, I can only speculate. Um, I think if we want it to change, it will. Hmm. Um, now the question is, you know, to be an artist is it's not really a choice it's it's what you do to be an entertainer is different than being an artist yeah but you can be an artist and not produce you know paintings and music there are so many ways to be an artist mm, sure. but you clearly so i think we just have an opportunity i'm going to take it I don't know what everyone else is going to do, but I'm going to take the opportunity and look at what I'm happiest doing. And I'm going to do more of that. What makes other people happy? I'm going to do more of that. Uh, how I can best serve by sitting in a window coming up with poetry, because that's basically my only job is to sit somewhere and come up with, ideas of feelings <laughs> it's pretty weird but that's <laughs> that's the one talent i got i can sit there and come up with some you know dis descriptions of what love is and what it isn't <laughs> and i can do that in 150 different ways but i mean that that's basically what i do you know you stand by the window and and think about things as a philosopher and a poet and a and an artist, that is part of what you do. Me being, you know, going through TSA lines and, and airports and rental cars and flights and buses and, you know, whatever, hotel after hotel after hotel after hotel to try to reproduce and recreate some sort of idea of an emotion. Yeah. That's not it for me. That's, that's not what it is. But if it can be focused in and you can, instead of signing up to all the different great ideas, I'm probably going to stir up all kinds of shit with this. Good. <laughs> but Good, good. But I just feel like you call me, we set this up, we talk, that's it. Mm -hmm. That's all there is. I don't have to sign up to some new created platform that, you know, all yeah. this like, and you're going to be part of this and you're going to be part of that and sign up with this. And they take 20% and you get all that stuff is already coming at me. And I'm like, what, what, what is going on now? And I think it's really important that each artist, musician, whether you're backing somebody up, whatever you do, I think it's important to think about what the planet needs from you. Uh, you know, and if it is to take care of your son and your daughter or your, you know, four kids or no kids or your dogs, whatever family dynamic you have, if, if that's all you want to do, well, then good. Then you do that. If you feel like you have to play for, you know, five to 10,000 people every night, that's the only way you can get happy. Sure. Go ahead. Do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy for people to get caught up. Like once you get a taste of that kind of thing, you can't yeah. like you're you're scared of going back to you know a normal life or you know you're scared it's that fear of missing out on something or hmm. you know the the it, it, I, I i there were times where you know i was when we were playing a lot of gigs with phil where i i was still like not like like i thought like it's this thing that i worked for my whole life you know and i thought it would make mm -hmm. me happy all of a sudden when i achieved that thing and I wasn't yeah. happy, you know, and it's, it, yeah. it's, it's hard to have that conversation because people from the outside, they're like, how the hell are you not happy, man? You're living the dream, but it, yeah. it ain't, it ain't a dream all the time, you know? And, 
I think there's just a lot of pressure on people in this industry to keep on trucking, you know? Yeah. But are you living your dream or somebody else's dream? Exactly. Who came up with this dream? I mean, usually there's a banker that has that dream. <laughs> I don't have that dream. I never had any dreams of fame and fortune. Right. Right. It's never been part of my life. Well, I just mean like, but, like being able to play guitar. No, no, I, I know exactly you know, what you're yeah, saying, yeah. but what, what we've been trained like you're saying, there's pressure for us to feel so blessed all the time. Yeah. What do you mean you don't feel blessed? I'm like, I don't. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I don't feel blessed. I am away from my family nine months out of the year. I have not seen my kids grow up. I don't go home after work and sit and watch TV. I sit in a motel. So no, I'm not blessed. Yeah. And those are things that, you know, you're not even allowed to say it. Yeah. You're just supposed to go, hey, man, we get to play music for a living. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tell me what that, what is that doing? Now, if you are focused on, you want a career, you want to kick some major ass. You are competitive by nature. You love competing and beating everybody else and be the winner. And shit, man, this is for you. Go for it. This is good stuff. There are plenty of people that will help you out with that. And I don't judge that at all. But back to your question. If we want to make this change, we can. We really can. Because most of the musicians that I know and that I surround myself with, they are exquisite human beings. I mean, they are sensitive. They're emotional. They're creative. They're just caught in a tailspin of trying to make a living. Mm -hmm. And they got to, now we're singing birthday things, you know, yeah, like, shit, man. yeah, here's 25 bucks. Can you sing happy birthday to me? <laughs> it's actually a sight. And I, I'm like, what? No, get out of here. I'll, I'll sing to my fans for free. I don't care. You send me 50 or a hundred bucks. Like, which is, I don't want to be ungrateful, but it's just, there's a thing to it. Like this is just weird because it takes you away from being an artist. Yeah which is an important job. It's the same as a scientist. And I hope somebody gets disturbed by that because it's important to understand. A flower is not serving any other purpose than to be beautiful, to attract people to it. That's why it's doing it, okay? And then they pick up the seeds from this enlightened plant because it's an enlightened plant. It's gotten to a point in its evolution where I am now the lightness of being. Just like birds went from being reptiles to I am now above it. Just like crystals and diamonds have been thousands and millions and millions of years under pressure have undergone a transformation into enlightenment. And now we're doing the same. So are we going to do it or not? <laughs> Amen, man. I hope, I hope we can. I feel like, I feel like, we can. I'm optimistic that this is going to prompt some positive change. And uh, I'd love to hear, hear song number two from you, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is going back in the catalog. Right? <laughs> this is, I'm going to try to pronounce it in Swedish. All right. This is a piano player. He has a little trio. His name is Anders uh, Wiedmark. Uh, it's spelled with a W. Mm -hmm. but I think it's pronounced Viedmark, W-I-D-M-A-R-K, Anders Viedmark Trio. And he has a record that was given to me by my dad. No, by my mom before she passed away. That's right. This was given to me in the mid-90s. And it's, let me see what it's called. The record is called hymns but in swedish it's called psalms mm -hmm. p-s-a-l-m-s hymns two very weird words hymns <laughs> and psalms <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of consonants man <laughs> yeah it wasn't better than either one they both weird <laughs> so the first song on that record is just it's like for me going into just a primal state of being when I'm like, you know, my first six, seven years of being Swedish, growing up there, 
you know, until I was a young teenager before I moved. And I just remember these songs because these were all played in church, in the Lutheran church that I grew up in, in the Protestant. Right. These were not the Catholic part of my childhood. This was the Protestant part. Very strict stuff, very gray and boring. Were both your parents the, Swedish? Yes. Yeah, okay. And then I had family here gotcha. in Louisiana. Yeah. So check this out. I'm going to play the intro to this. And this is what he did with this little gentle, you know, hymn. Okay. So he goes from strict and then he opens it up and then because he's jazz, you know, he, he plays a lot of jazz, this cat, too. And so then he opens it up, but so gently. He doesn't start jazzing it out. He just like adds a couple of trills, a couple of simple bluesy things. Mm -hmm. And it just, it gives me this enormous sense of forgiveness when I hear this oh, stuff. Wow. Huh. It's just like... I, I forgive everyone. <laughs> I forgive myself for being little and stupid and the bad things I've done. I don't know. I just feel like everything is going to be okay. And I miss my mom when I hear it too. Yeah. So badly. How old yeah. were you when you lost your mom? I was, it was 2001. Uh -huh. So that's now 19 years ago. I'm 54. So I was 34, yeah, okay. 35. Yeah. 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 I was, yeah. I was 20. I had just turned 20 when I lost my, Oh, yeah. that's brutal. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's ever, I think it's probably hard no matter, even if you, if, if you live, if your parents live till they're a hundred, I think it's probably just as hard in a, in a, in a way, you know, it's different, I guess. But yeah, I mean, like not a day goes by that I don't think about her. I'm sure it's the same for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, but I think each age, this just speculation. Mm -hmm. I think when you lose your mother, if you had a good, you know, relationship, obviously, but um, I think it does matter. I think because it depends on where you are in your own development yeah. and because they play such a brutal role. I had just met, what is now my wife mm. and we had just she died when my daughter was three months old oh wow and so here's the good part in the in that tragic story but she got to see her granddaughter and her only wish as long as i can remember i was probably 14 15 mm -hmm. she says all i want is a granddaughter i don't care if you're gay or not, I need, I need a great, I need a granddaughter. And I'm like, yes, mama, I promise. I'll give you a granddaughter. So to be able to on her deathbed, to bring in Rose and say, here's your granddaughter and to see her, you know, weeping and holding her and smiling. And it was just, it was so powerful. It's beautiful. Really? Yeah. yeah. So there was, there was some incredible beauty in the, in the goodbye you know but it's hard yeah. you know my mom was was my my center of my universe yeah. she was the one that always listened and yeah me too stuff. me too yeah. was your mom a musician either of your parents no, no she was a uh, she was a nurse and then eventually went into psychology and became a therapist and loved that whole part of it mm -hmm. she was uh, yeah but uh music was important growing up in, in, it was in the house yeah i mean all these jazz records yeah my dad was a drummer okay uh 
for a while and then he quit that to be a you know social worker and he he went back to school and stuff but there was always he still played you know he'll be in in the young kid he was in bands and then he was in jazz band stuff like that and but we always played everything from vivaldi bach uh clifford brown mm -hmm. art blakey oh, yeah. van Mor van morrison moody blues <laughs> So before I start buying my own vinyl, you know, they were playing great stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was sort of the way it was in, in my house too. My mom was a huge music fan. Not She didn't play, neither of my parents play, but music, yeah. music was always such an important thing. And I mean, she turned me on to all that kind of, all the, all the stuff with like the sixties music, you know, she was going to all those yeah. shows and stuff. So that's beautiful, man. Um, You got, you got one more tune that you uh, want to share, maybe play a little bit for us. Yeah, I can play a little bit of it. I, I don't want to wreck it too much. And this one is a Lowell George tune. Like, there's so many tunes I could bring up, but there's something about, again, you can see the theme of isolation and loneliness in some of my uh, uh, most important songs. Yeah. Now, for me, that was never... It was never a problem because I, I had aspirations of being a monk for a long time. Oh, wow. And so I think that there's something about solitude that really, I don't know, it, it, it tantalized me. Hmm. <laughs> it made me feel like there was a truth to be discovered somewhere. And, uh, you know, for an extrovert, it's usually amongst people. For me, it was always inside, I love the inside of, of the reality, so. But Lowell George have this song called 20 Million Things. And it's from uh, his last and only solo record, which is uh, Thanks, I'll Eat It Here. Mm -hmm. And he did some uh, Alan Tucson songs on there. He did I Can't, Can't Stand the Rain and, you know, just, just good stuff, but. If it's a fix of fence, fender dance, I've got lots of experience. Rent gets spent, all the letters never written that don't get sent. It comes from confusion, all the things I've left undone comes from moment to moment day to day time seems to slip away but i've got 20 million things to do 20 million things and all I can think about is you with 20 million things to do, 20 million things to do. I've got mysterious, mysterious hanging in the air. The rocking chair I supposed to fix. Well, it came undone. And all the things I let slip, I found out quick. It comes from moment to moment, day to day. slip away but I got 20 million things to do 20 million things and all I can 
million things. Twenty million things to do. Something like that. Oh man, such a good songwriter, dude. Some of those lines that what, what, the mysterious wisteria is that that? Yeah, <laughs> look, I got mysterious wisterias hanging in the air. Uh, you know the rocking chair I was supposed to fix. Well, it came undid. <laughs> <laughs> All the things that I let slip, I found out quick. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's the simplicity, and it's he was again. He has that voice that during a certain time in my life, it encapsulated also just, you know, how I felt inside, just like Coltrane's playing mm -hmm. and certain people, they, they just, they resonate as if it was me speaking and his voice does that. And a lot of his writing is just, it's so different and unique. This mixture of yeah. styles is just, and it's just incredible. There's always a cool little twist and turn in his song. Yeah. You know? And you heard that those little, C A seven D quick things. Yeah. They're so sticky, and I probably messed the shit out of them. <laughs> Sounded good, man. But, oh yeah. <laughs> so where were so you? Where were you when you sort of discovered this tune? So this tune was actually uh it was an earlier discovery, somewhere in the like early 90s, mm -hmm. probably. And I was in another relationship and I was just, you know, smoking weed and drinking a beta Amber, which is a local brewery here. And Hey man, everything was great. And it was so dope and blah, blah, blah. You know, I was, <laughs> I was really happy. I was in my twenties and I was super happy. I really was. It was, it was a great time. Yeah. And this thing came along and I wasn't, our relationship, it was a long-term seven plus years we were together and we play music together, which is always, I think, a little tricky. <laughs> um, you got to watch, you know, because you both need the attention kind of at the same time. And then, I don't know, it's a tricky, I admire people that can work that out. Yeah. It didn't work for me and for her. But we were in a place where we were always together. We worked together. We, everything was always about being together. And I started to take on the role of the guy that was a little more messed up. And I, I, I embraced it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. She paid the bills. And I'm like, eh, whatever. And I just became this aloof artist type, right? And I'm like, yeah. This song came up and it was like speaking my language. All the shit I just ignored. And, you know, my motto at the time was, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> and literally it hit home because i realized i can't go on living like that this is one of my favorite artists and he died from letting 20 million things get to him yeah. you know, they, they stacked i don't know it resonated then and then of course it came back during the time when i got clean that first time when i was painting a lot i used to listen to it with my wife who loves this whole record she she just Played it today when I brought it up and mm. she was doing her workout. She's got, you know, weights and stuff in the back uh -huh. and she is cranking this and dancing. She's actually twerking to some of <laughs> like Lowell George. I'm like, I don't know how that worked, but it looks great. <laughs> God, I love women so much. <laughs> it's so awesome. Oh, man. Isn't, yeah. isn't that funny how, how a song like that can can follow you around and be so powerful kind of in different yeah. different times of your life and in different ways the same song can just stay with you it's sort of like that i love that yeah i mean that's i think when they made they branded you so to speak they they made a real imprint in your dna yeah. and, and this is definitely there are many more i just picked three that i you know they stood out to me yeah uh, and they had a little variety in it. You know, one was being sound, uh, the hymns and one was the jazz tune. And, but they're all pretty melancholy. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, I love rock tunes too. Come on, man. I love rock tunes. You know, Black Sabbath and Sunday, uh, uh, Sabbath, Bloody uh, Sabbath. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I used to crank the shit out of that. And No doubt. And I mean, you can tell that in your playing and, and when, in yeah. your show. Oh, but yeah. you, you also, you know, you have the the solo acoustic thing too i mean that's one of the yeah. things i've always admired about about your 
your catalog and, and your live performances is being able to cover so much ground like that. And oh, thank you. yeah, I mean, you know, I just, you know, before we wrap up, I just want to say, man, you've always been since getting to know you, you've been so rad and supportive of, of us younger dudes, you know, having us open up for you, having us sit in at the high Sierra a million years ago. And <laughs> that all was this, awesome. You know, all that. We had the same outfit, dude. <laughs> We have the same outfit. What the fuck was up with that? I don't know. I don't know. Never again. Flip flops, <laughs> cargo shorts, and a tie dye. Come on. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty stereotypical festival wear there, no doubt. Oh my god, <laughs> we were, yeah, we were so dated at that. You just looked at us, you go, that's just one period where you can wear that. You can't wear that all the time. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. But it was great. Yeah, man, it's always, it's always been great getting to be around you, and you've, you've been an inspiration. You know, it's, 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 it's so important to have people who've been doing this you know a little bit longer than you have you know whatever part of the road you're in and i've always been able to talk to you about real shit and and it means a lot and i appreciate you taking the time to to do the podcast with me today so oh i love you ross thank you very much for having me it's been been a treat to talk to you yeah i love you too man and and stay safe and and best to your family and everything during all this madness hope to see you on the other side sooner than later (laughs) Likewise. You take it easy, buddy. Well, there you go. I hope you dug today's episode of Songs That Saved Me with the one and only Anders Osborne. If you did, please go ahead and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast Store. Follow us on Instagram at Songs That Saved Me. And if you want to check out any of the tunes that get talked about on the show, you can find a link to our Spotify playlist at our Instagram page which again is at Songs That Save Me. Click the link in the bio, and we'll see you next time right here on Songs That Save Me.